you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Mark. Mark chapter 12. Y'all going to have that spot worn real good over the next few weeks. Mark 12, Deuteronomy 6, Romans 12. Mark 12, Deuteronomy 6, Romans 12. At the end of church, um, I don't want you to think there's nothing wrong, but as soon as the invitation finishes, I'm probably going to slide out that door and I'm going to run to my office and pull a Superman and change boots and change shirts because my dad's at home loading stuff right now and we're got, I'm going to, anybody ever been to a cowboy church? I'm going to a cowboy church at one o'clock today um, with the dogs. And so we're going to do, present the gospel at a cowboy church at one o'clock. And I got another church um, tonight at six o'clock. So me and daddy and the dogs are going to be rolling wide open. So as soon as church is over, I'm going to out the door so I can change and get on the road real quick to be in Zachary. And so, um, but I got something more exciting than that, and that's pretty exciting. I mean, we've already had somebody in the baptism, in the baptistry, and uh, we've had incredible worship. And so I'm going to tell you a story, and uh, I, I'm so excited about this. We might just call church as soon as I get through this story and go home, because that's how exciting it is. Back, um, some of y'all remember me. I've mentioned that how Live Oak High School asked me to sit on a panel to hire the new football coach. And so, you know, I was excited about that, but sitting on that panel, there was about eight or ten of us, and one of the gentlemen on that panel was a guy named Jesse Cassard, and he's the baseball coach at Live Oak High School. I never knew Jesse. We'd see each other, we'd speak, shake hands and stuff, and, but, you know, we just wasn't friends. Well, after we, you spend enough hours looking at resumes and interviewing people and talking and praying together, you get to know somebody. So I would tell you, we have a friendship now. We talk and we text, you know, just about weekly. And so, um, so take that, put that over here and remember this, because I'm telling you how big our God is. So about the same, within the same couple of weeks, I'm also on the, um, because I don't have enough stuff to do. I'm on the board for, for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I've been on that board for, for uh, several years now. And so there was a, a meeting for the youth ministers, and Mike DeMaria, he's the tri-parish coordinator for FCA, um, called and said, hey, John, he said, I'd really love for you to be at this meeting with the youth ministers and stuff. And I'll be honest, how many of y'all just get tired of meeting? And I was there. I had done, you know, and so the day of the meeting came, and I never told him I was coming, never told him I wasn't coming, but in my mind, I wasn't going. And um, so the day of the meeting I told Mike, I said, I'm not going. I got too much to do. So Mike left. Well, it wasn't just a few minutes after he left. I was sitting there and God just convicted me. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to this meeting. So I went and went to Walker and we sat there just in conversations while we was eating. One of the ladies that was there made the statement. She said, if we could ever figure out how to reach the ballparks where these tournaments are going on and get those people in church, you know, we would be doing something. That's the only statement I can remember that come out of that meeting that day besides that seafood chowder that we ate that was pretty good. And um, God wouldn't let me go with that statement. And it just kept resonating. It just kept coming back to me in my prayer times and everything. And so finally I said, um, I said, all right, God, what do you want? What do you want? And so, you know, our goal is to minister where our shadow falls, right? Our goal is to be the church that God's called us to be. Not be the four walls, but be the church. And so I called a friend of mine that works up here at Losa on Highway 16, the big sports complex, and said, Jamie, I've got this wild idea. And I said, if it's just dumb, just tell me it's dumb. It's not going to hurt my feelings, and then I can move on and start focusing on something else. 
I said, what would you think if Live Oak Baptist come over there on Sunday mornings, the day of the tournaments, and we set up early, and we did like a little worship service for those parents? Because they're going to be there. He said, Johnny, I think that's a fantastic idea. He said, but I have no say-so over that. But I can tell you who does. I said, who? He said, Jesse Cassard. Right. I go back over here. Remember, this is the guy that I didn't know. So I texted Jesse this week. I said, hey, Jesse, you going to be at the school? And he said, yeah. I said, tell me where you're at. I'm on my way right now. So I went straight to Live Oak High School. And I walked outside by the football field. And me and Jesse, we made small talk for a few minutes. And I said, Jesse, I said, what would you think if Live Oak Baptist showed up at the ballpark, the Sundays that you have those eight tournaments already scheduled, and you let us do a devotion right there for those parents. And he got real quiet and he said, Johnny, I've been wanting that for years. And so we talked about how we could do it. And so, because the boys are already going to be on the field getting ready to play. And so he said, if you can have somebody do a devotion with the parents, I'll advertise it big so that they know where to go and be there. And then if you could have four people that would go to the fields and pray with the boys right before the game started, then that would be great. And so February 23rd, mark on your calendar, that's our first tournament. Because, you know, I started reading this. There's nowhere in here that says, Thou shalt have your service at 3563 Cox Avenue. What does it say? It says, Go and make disciples and baptize and teach. So we're going to go and we're going to make disciples. We just baptized. And if you was here at 915, we taught. And if you weren't here at 915, shame on you. Come back next Sunday. But you know what? We're living a great commission out. And so that's what it's about, you know. And so we can, if I can have a team and Jay Sims, Jay, wave your hand. If y'all don't know Jay, that's Jay. Jay's going to be doing a devotion, but I need some people that will be willing to go and help set up sound and just help mingle and shake hands. Because it's not about Live Oak Baptist Church. It's about the kingdom. And it's about taking the gospel there. And so I, I'm ready to fly right now. I could just fly out this room. So we're going to pray and we're going to go home. How's that sound? <laughs> Personnel said I can't do that. <laughs> so, but I am going to pray and we're going to get started. But I'm excited because this is, I mean, when you look at how big God is, how big is our God that he didn't start lining everything up to make this happen? Because let's go back. If Brett Beard hadn't resigned and went to Dome Springs High School, I'd have never have met Jesse Cassard. And we'd never be having this conversation today. But our God has a plan and he has a will. And we just have to chase behind it. So as we pray, we also need to pray. We've got a group of 10 from Eastern Louisiana Baptist Association. We've got two from Live Oak Baptist Church, Brother Howard and Brother Hank, that flew out this morning going to the Bahamas to rebuild a church that was destroyed by a hurricane so that they can start ministering to the people down there. So we need to pray for them. I know they left Walker at um, 2.15 this morning. And there's two... Two, two o'clocks in a day. For some of us, we don't realize that, but they left at 2.15 to be at the airport this morning. So let's pray for them and pray for our upcoming ministry opportunities. Father, we just come to you right now. Father, just, um, wow, what a day. Father, just that we could come in this room and celebrate how big you are. And Father, I feel inadequate when it comes to articulating just how big you are. Father, and just what you've done for us. Father, because if we're in here today, Father, you give us breath this morning. 
Father, because you have something for us. And Father, I thank you for, for being able to, to celebrate, Father, and to, to be here with Jasmine. Father, she tells the world that I'm a new creation because I'm a child of God. Father, and I thank you for that and praise you for that. Father, I thank you for a group of selfless people that's willing to get on a plane and go to a land, Father, and to work on a church for people that we don't know and didn't meet, Father, and, and probably will never meet. Father, so that they can do your work in that place that was destroyed. Father, so that they can bring hope. Father, because it's not about the screws and it's not about the nails and it's not about the roof or the walls, Father, but it's about your gospel going forward down there. Father, I thank you for even right now, Father, with what we just talked about, about how we'll be able to walk a mile and a half through the woods onto a sports complex on a Sunday morning, Father, and, and just encourage a group of parents and grandparents and friends to be able to love on them and tell them about who you are. Father, I thank you for a church that don't believe that we have to sit right here within these walls. Father, whether it's taking the gospel out with, with dogs or going to a ballpark or doing a block party or doing VBS, Father, it's about you and your love. Father, I just thank you for that. Father, I just ask right now, Father, you just show us through your word, Father, what you have for us today. Father, as we get focused on 2020, Father, and we get focused on ourselves, Father, because if we can get to the place that we give you all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. Father, we can do that the way you've told us. Then the loving our neighbor is going to be the easy part. Father, we love you. In son's name I pray. Amen. So turn with me to Mark. Mark chapter 12. Verse 28. It says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is important, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbors yourself. There is no greater commandment greater than these. You know, when you hear those words, and that's what I say, you've been hearing them over the last three weeks. Those ought to be our anthem. And I'm, I'm, my prayer is that we'll start praying those ourselves as individuals. That ought to become our daily prayer. God, I surrender today all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, all my mind. Father, I'm surrendering all this to you, Father, so that I can love my neighbor. And so as we walk through this, you know, we've already done the heart. And we've already done the soul. Today we're on, on our own mind. Here's some um, interesting facts for us. The human brain weighs about three pounds. Should. I think some of ours is a little lighter, but I'm not going into that. The brain's comprised of 60% of fat. It's the fattest organ on the human body. That shocked me, but apparently they hadn't seen me or they wouldn't have made that statement. But anyway, that, that's, that, that's free. The human brain has the capacity to generate approximately 23 watts of power when awake. So some of you students, take a, a nightlight bulb, stick it in your ear for me. Tell me if it lights up and get back with me, all right? Because we're generating power. Of all the total blood and oxygen that the, is produced in the body, the brain gets 20%. 
when the blood supply to the brain stops, after about 8 to 10 seconds, the brain starts losing consciousness. The brain's capable of surviving for only 5 or 6 minutes if it doesn't get oxygen after. After that, it, your brain quits working completely and dies. The older we grow, we're unable to remember new things. Anybody relate to that? Huh? According to researchers in the U.S., it's because the brain is unable to filter and remove old memories, which prevent it from absorbing new ideas. I know that I can remember stuff from way, way back. I can't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday most days. You know, so I, I can believe that. But you know, the greatest commandment, whenever it talks about it, and Jesus tells us that he wants us to love him with all of our mind, you know, I believe he's telling us because our mind is a place of worship. Think about it. Think about what goes on in your mind. And that's what he's telling us. I want you to love me with all of your mind. In 2011, there was a movie that came out called Limitless. And that basis of that movie, that there was a pill that you could take. And if you took that pill, you'd have 100% uses of usage of your brain. I need that. I think I run on about 10% most days. But it'd give you complete uses of your brain. And when the guy in the movie took it, you know... He was able to write a book in the afternoon. He'd become a financial genius. He seemed to have all the right answers, knew exactly what to do in, in any situation. You know, our society values intellect. Our society values region and lo reason and logic and intellect. You know, and so whenever you start thinking about it, turn with me over to Deuteronomy. Go back to Deuteronomy verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 4. Because what did it tell us? What was one of the stats that says that our brain's unable to filter out and remove older stuff? Now listen to this. Deuteronomy 6, chapter 6, verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Why do you think that's important? Why do you think he's saying impress this on your children? Because the older we get, the harder it is to change things, isn't it? The older we get, the more set we get in our ways. The older we get, the more that we don't remember. And so if we can take our children, and that's what he's saying, impress these things on your children. Teach them. How many of us can remember things that we learned in church when we was little? Probably most of us, Donnie, when's the last time we sang Jesus Loves Me in church? But most of us could sing that song by heart, couldn't we? Because we learned it as a kid. And so when you start thinking about it, you know, and, and I've mentioned this before, there's times in my life when Scripture will come back to me like that. And why? Because it was a time in my life when people like Miss Frances Welch and different ones was teaching Bible drills. And we literally drilled those Scriptures in, didn't we? We would practice and we'd find them in our Bibles. It was speed and we'd have to be able to quote them back and things to be able to, to compete. And so those scriptures, there's a lot of them that are still buried in my mind. And so whenever you read the scripture and he's telling us that he wants us to give him all of our mind and you read this and he says, impress it on your children because it's important. Because later in life, they're going to need that. There's going to be times in life that things are going to come up and you're going to go back and you're going to say, oh, that's what God told me about that. Oh, he told me he's never going to leave me. Oh, he told me he loves me. And so it's important that we start there. Turn with me over to Romans. Romans chapter 12 is where we're going to be next. And so, you know, whenever it tells us, um, 
in Romans 12, we'll start in verse 1. Romans 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God has a plan for us. And so whenever he's telling us in the greatest commandment that we need to love him with all of our mind, it's because he has a plan. He has something he wants us to do, but we have to get to that place that we can let him do it. And so whenever you look at that scripture in verse 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. What's our pattern? How many of us, most of us are creatures of heaven, aren't we? I know I am. When I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is I hit the button on my phone to turn that alarm off. And as I'm hitting that button, I'm going down the hall to get to the bathroom as quick as I can get. Creature of habit, you know. But what happens after you wake up in the morning? When you look at your day, you know, you get up, you, you do your morning routine, brush your teeth, hopefully. That's important to brush your teeth. You know, brush your teeth and you get dressed. That's real important too. And then you leave and you go to school or you go to work or, you know, and, and then you do whatever you do during the day. You come back home, you eat supper, you might watch TV, you might play video games. I don't know what your hobby is in the evenings. And then you do that. Take a bath, that's important. Hygiene's always important. And then you go to bed. And then the next day you start over. And the next day you start over. And the next day you start over. And so we get in that pattern. And that's what he's telling us. He's telling us that we need to not conform to the pattern of this world because the world's going to teach you something different. The world's going to tell you something different. Have you ever heard that statement, is, is this all there is to life? Have you ever heard somebody say that? Is this all there is to life? It's because we get stuck in these patterns. And God's telling us, he says, don't conform to that, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This week we was up at the office and um, Mike come over and he said, listen to this. And I said, that's just what I needed for Sunday. And so I stole it straight from him. But there's a, an organization called the Center for Bible Engagement. And this is what it had. It said, why, why is getting your mind focused on God important? Listen to these numbers of 400,000 people that were surveyed. And they call this the power of four effect. The power of four effect. A key discovery from CBE research is the life of someone who engages scripture four or more times a week looks radically different than from the life of someone who does not. In fact, the lives of Christians who do not engage the Bible most days of the week are statistically the same as the lives of non-believers. Someone who engages in the Bible four or more times a week is 228% more likely to share their faith with others, 407% more likely to memorize Scripture, 59% less likely to view pornography, 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. 228% more likely to share faith with others, 407% more likely to memorize scripture, 59% less likely to view pornography, 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. That's reading your Bible four times a week. Four times a week. And what, is he just, what did he just tell us? What did we just read? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
if we read our Bible at least four times a week, statistically, we just read that we're going to be renewed, right? So why not? Why not? Why not test it? Why not try it? You know, we have um, out there in the foyer, we have these Bible reading plans where you read five days a week. Take one of these. Challenge from your pastor. Take one. Read it. Next January, come back to me and say, you lied, Brother Johnny. I didn't change me at all. I'll buy you lunch at Poppy's. Because it ain't going to happen. Because the more you get in this, the more he's going to change you. Now, some of us, we don't want to read because we don't want to be changed, do we? Because change hurts sometimes. But that's what he's telling us. He's saying, I'm going to change you. I'm gonna, but you have to be willing to do your part. In John 10, 10, it says the thief comes, to own, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. The devil wants to take us out. Right here. If you stay out of this, he's getting his foothold in you. Because you're not renewing your mind. You're not renewing what's in you. It tells us in Scripture, He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Not make friends with you. Not play patty cake with you. He's coming to take you out. But what does He turn around and say? But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. He has a plan. What does it say right there? His good pleasing and perfect will. He has something he wants us to do. He has something he wants you to do. But we have to be willing to step out. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. One of my favorite scriptures says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And all your ways submit to him. And he will make your path straight. And all our ways submit to him. Are you seeing the theme of all this? If we give him all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, and all our mind, if we submit everything to him, he's going to make our path straight. They don't say he's going to make our paths easy. He's going to make them straight. Because the scars that we get along that road is going to be things that we can sit down at some point and I can sit down with Laney and say, you know something? This is not a wound. It's a scar. It's healed. Because this is what he done for me. This is how big my God is. This is what he wants to do for you. And that's why he's let me sit here and tell you this story. Godly things happen over queso. Huh, Jasmine? When you sit there and dip in, in that queso enough, things happen at poppies. But we have to renew our mind. But what happens? God has a plan, but the world tries to get us off that plan. The world tries to, to, to sidetrack us. You know, reality TV. How many watches reality TV that won't admit it in church? <laughs> I put a thing out on Facebook this week and I said, tell me what you're watching. Some of y'all need to go in the water. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. But why do we like reality TV? Because supposedly it's not staged. Don't believe that for a second. Supposedly it's not staged. It's not scripted. And we like excitement, don't we? So here's some shows that some of, um, some of us like to watch. Survivor, Hell's Kitchen, Sister Wives, Outdaughtered. Leah, I'd never heard of that show. 
I'm thinking she made that up because she's got two daughters that's pulling away, but it, it's a real show. Um, lost my place. Outdaughtered. Texas flip and move. Lone Star Law, Northwoods Law. Naked and afraid. I'm scared to even put that on my TV, but we're not going to stop there. Because if I'm naked, I'm afraid. Um, Ink Master. Porn Stars. Forged in Fire. Diesel Brothers. My 600-pound life. The Masked Singer. Amazing Race. American Pickers. Running Wild with Bear Grylls. This old house. Call of the Wild Man. Chopped. Amazing Race. Cops. Undercover Boss. Alaska Last Frontier. Below the Deck. Dr. Paul, is that it? Pole. Dr. Pole. Hometown, bringing up Bates. And I'm with Nicole Tress on this one. The best reality show out there is Facebook. <laughs> you can see some stuff on Facebook, can't you? But you know, when you think about it, you know, and, I, and as I was looking at this, um, even our president had his own reality show called The Apprentice in the year 2000. Since 2000, in 2000, there were only four reality shows on all the networks. By the year 2010, the number had grown to 320 shows. By 2015, it was 750. This year, there's over 1,000. And so the world's trying to teach us it's okay to get off plan. It's okay to, to not focus, you know, and, and do those things. But that's not what God's telling us. He's saying, I have a good, pleasing, and perfect will. But you have to transform. You can't conform to the patterns of this world. You get lost up in some of these shows and some of the things in life and it'll consume you. And you'll forget about who God is. In Psalm 27, 14, it says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Hear that. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. How many of us as believers get off the plan because we can't wait? We have a Morgan plan. If you're a Morgan, you want it now. If I have to wait a week, I don't want it. That's why I order off Amazon Prime, because in two days it's going to be at my house. You know, Tammy's convinced that when I take my last breath, we're going to get packages for two or three days after at the house. You know? But I want things nailed. That's the way I've always been. If I have to wait two weeks or a month, I don't want it no more. I'm going to move on to something else. But why do I say that? Because there's some of us as believers, that's how we want with our spiritual life. We want it nailed. We want, we want to pray and accept Christ and walk through them baptistry waters, and then we want to be Billy Graham. And then we don't want the hard work that it takes from here to get here. We don't want the time that it takes to read this and to spend time with him. We don't want the time that it takes place to get on our knees and wear our knees out with God. We don't want to take the time that it takes to build the relationships with people. They get messy and get stinky and get dirty because we want to have that perfect relationship like that. How many of us in here are married, just walked right into the perfect marriage? Besides me. I know I did. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Marriage, it gets, it gets kind of messy at times, don't it? It gets a little stinky at times. But he's telling us that we need to be transformed. He's saying this, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. But to get that, we have to go back to Psalms where it says, wait for the Lord. 
Wait for the Lord. Be strong and wait for the Lord. Matthew 6, verse 19 and 20. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. The more we get into this, and the more that we say, yes, God, and the more that we say no to the world, and the more that we say, God, I'm giving you all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. I'm giving you all of that. And as we do that, then he's going to bless us. And he's going to do that. And then things are going to happen. I have not lived a perfect life by a long shot. I fail on a daily basis. But you know, when I was sitting here this week and as I was getting ready, I was thinking, what if I had missed obedience? What if I hadn't give God all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, and all my mind years ago? What if I had not surrendered and went into the ministry? Then you'd have a good preacher up here today. But what if I hadn't have done that? Then I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have a dog ministry that went almost 5,000 plus miles last year and did 55 presentations. If I hadn't surrendered everything to him, then we wouldn't be starting a ministry at a ballpark in a few weeks. Do you see the ripple? Do you see the ripple? But we have to be willing to say, God, I surrender all. God, I surrender all. God, it's not about me no more. It's not about me. It's about you. God, it's not about me. God, I want you to use me. God, take my mind. Take my place of worship and let me worship you and you only. God, take my place of worship and let it be about you and about what you want. But it hurts. It's not easy. Because the world wants a reality show. The world wants it unscripted. And the world's going to tell you, you know something? Sunday morning, if you wouldn't be sitting in church, you could be doing this. And the world does it. Most of our favorite TV shows come on between 10 and 12 on Sunday mornings. I know when I was growing up, you went to, we, I used to love when my parents would bring us to 8 o'clock church because that meant I would get home in time to watch Tarzan, the original Tarzan. Or I could watch Deep South Wrestling. But you know what? It didn't matter to my parents if we went to 8 or 10.30. We was going. It wasn't about TV. So today, when you hear these words, and you hear words like this, where it says, do not conform. Do not conform, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you hear the words that we keep saying and we keep saying to love him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, are we doing it? Are we doing it?